Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's showtime, folks! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very special episode of the American Variety Network. Tonight, I invite you to join this once-a-year special awareness show that is for a good cause. I'm your host, Alice Cardinelli, and I really appreciate your listening on this show. Now, I want you to know that by listening to this episode, you are raising awareness for cancer. Yes, even a simple listen can raise awareness. Thank you very much for tuning in to tonight's episode of the American Variety Network. Now, October is Cancer Awareness Month. Now, October primarily focuses on breast cancer, but the American Variety Network tonight is going to raise awareness for all the types of cancer. Now, all sorts of things are being done to raise awareness for cancer. So I figured the least I could do to help is to jump in and do a podcast to raise awareness for cancer. Now, unfortunately for me, I felt the impact and effects of cancer, even though I did not have it myself, but I felt the impact and effects just by watching my loved ones suffer through it, and ultimately lose the battle. Now, cancer is a very serious illness, and more people need to know about it. My goal with this show is to get the community together and raise awareness for cancer. All right? Now, do you or someone you know have cancer? Would you like to talk to us about your experiences with cancer? Do you want to help raise awareness for cancer? I encourage you to share your own personal cancer story with us. We'd love to hear it. Simply just grab your home or cell phone and dial 1-347-989-8142. Number to call in again is one 989 8142, grab your home or cell phone and share your cancer story with us and how cancer affects you. I'd love to hear it and I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners want to hear it as well. Okay, I have to take my introduction right now, but coming up right after the intro, I'm going to discuss how cancer has affected me and what you can personally do for someone who is suffering through cancer. Don't go anywhere, folks. The Cancer Special starts right after this.
Hi, Jeremy Stillhorn. I'm tuned into the American Variety Network, where I find the shows very educational and entertaining. You are tuned in live to the American Variety Network here, live on Blog Talk Radio. With a name like American Variety, you can expect a wide variety of topics. Now, let's get live here on the AV Network. Are you bold enough to call in and interact with tonight's topic? Well, prove it by calling in live at 1-347-989-8142 to ask questions about tonight's topic or share your thoughts on tonight's topic. Just pick up your phone and dial 1-347-989-8142 and go into a quiet location. Again, that's 1-347-989-8142. Now let's get on with the show. October is Cancer Awareness Month. On tonight's episode of American Variety Network, Alex Cardinali will raise awareness for cancer. I know firsthand the damage cancer can cause as I lost both my grandma and great-grandpa to cancer. Hear my story firsthand on how cancer has affected me, and I'll tell you what you can do for someone who has cancer. Your listen to this show is helping to raise awareness for cancer. Do you or someone you know have cancer? Do you want to share your cancer story? Do you want to discuss how cancer has affected you? If so, please call in at 1-347-989-8142. The American Variety Network goes pink in the fight against cancer. Now join Alex Cardinali in the fight against cancer right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2015 Cancer Awareness Special right here on the American Variety Network. Let's go ahead and get started. Now, I want to start this year's show by discussing how cancer has affected me. So I'm going to share my personal story right here, right now, with all of you, my listeners. Now, it may take me quite a few minutes to tell my story, so please bear with me. I'm expecting it to be quite a few minutes. It might be a little long time, but please bear with me. I have a lot to tell you, and I want to share my story with you. Now, I'm going to try not to get emotional when telling you my story either. So I'm going to start from the beginning and tell you everything about my story. Now, my story is about my grandmother, who has recently passed away, and she passed away from stage 4 lung cancer. And I'm going to tell you everything about this story right now. So, in about 2009, I reconciled with my nanny, which is Italian for grandma, and I used to always call her that. And I reconciled with her back in 2009, maybe 2010, can't really remember, but it was around that time. Now, I've always loved my nanny, but you know how differences are. But fortunately, we put them all aside and made up like a family should. This time, our bond with each other was much stronger. 
Now, I did everything a good grandson would do. I slept over her house on the weekends, cooked her breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And during the time in 2009 to 2010, I was in culinary school then. So I was learning to become a good professional chef or a good professional cook. And I knew how to cook because I went to culinary school. And I actually would cook dinner, breakfast, lunch, and desserts for my nanny Lucy, as I said a few moments ago. Now, my nan Lucy's favorite meal was shrimp scampi and chicken marsala. She really enjoyed my chicken marsala and my shrimp scampi. However, since her passing, I've retired my shrimp scampi, and that's because partially I am allergic to shellfish now. And uh, that came out of the blue a couple of years ago. I got allergic to shellfish, so maybe that was her telling me no more shrimp scampi because she is not here. Anyways, I just wanted to share that with all of you. And we'd go to the bakery down our street and enjoy some baked goods. We'd also go out to eat and spend quality time together. So when we when we when we reconcealed, we had a lot of great memories. Like I just told you, I cooked for her. We went to the bakery, went out to eat, and had some good quality time. Now, we had fun each weekend, and as far as I can remember, each weekend was spent with her, and it was always fun after a long week at school. Now, let's fast forward about eight months to a year later. Now, at this point, my non's health began to take a turn for the worst. She always began to feel weak, tired, nauseous. She had a hard time breathing and other stuff. One day, she collapsed on her way to the doctor's office. Now, she spent, if I remember correctly, a month and a half in the hospital. And that is when we got the word from the doctor that she had stage 4 lung cancer. Now, as you can imagine... It was devastating news for a grandson to hear. Now, she was so afraid of the news, and understandably so, but I knew that I had to be there for my grandmother. Now, I remember when she came home and told me the news, I was really sad, but I knew inside I had to hide it because I did not want her to have any more to worry about. So... She told me she had to go to chemotherapy and that she would be okay. So I made it a priority of mine to be with her each weekend. Now, I'd sleep over, cook and clean for her, and cheer her up with baked goods. And when we got a chance, we went out to eat and continued on on with life until she did not want to drive anymore because of her illness from the cancer could not allow her to drive anymore, so she had to give up driving. But we did not need to get out of the house to have fun. I finally convinced her that Facebook was fun. I love Facebook, and I knew that she might have liked Facebook, and boy, was I right. She loved Facebook because she got hooked on the games that are on Facebook. She loved playing Wheel of Fortune, Price is Right, and a few other games on Facebook, and she was awesome at it. Now, 
she still, to this day, has the highest score in Wheel of Fortune. And to this day, out of respect, I will not play it because I am only 50 points away from beating her record. And I don't want to be the man to do it. I can't and I won't because she really enjoyed that game. And I am happy that we used to play it together on Facebook. I have that memory of playing with her on Facebook with that Wheel of Fortune game. And I'm not going to be some guy to go ahead and ruin that and beat her record, so I won't do that. But I always had that memory of playing Wheel of Fortune on Facebook with her, and I think she really did enjoy it, and I did as well. Okay? So on top of her Facebook games, she also loved scrolling through Facebook. Like any person who has a computer nowadays, they love scrolling through Facebook. Now, you know, one day, my non and I were listening to some online radio show on Facebook. It was about how today's generation is different than previous generations, and we believed some of the stuff that the host was saying. And one of the topics that was brought up was that sometimes in life, people grow through hard times and lose contact with family members and personal friends and such, and that actually touched my grandmother. I could see that it actually hurt her. So she whispered in my ear, I never, ever want to lose you again, Alex. I love you, Alex, and thank you for being here through the hard times. You've given me the strength of fighting through this, and I would not be here without you. Now, that was definitely... One of the best things I've ever heard from anyone. Now, I remember going home with a smile, knowing that I am helping her keep calm. Now, looking back at that particular day, I believe that she is responsible for me getting into podcasting because I will always remember the joy that it brings. It brings me back to the, to that joyous day. And... Folks, this is the first time you're ever going to hear that because I've never, ever told anyone that before. Nobody else knows about the conversation my non and I had that day. We listened to the online radio show through Facebook. So you guys are the first ever to hear about that conversation. Okay, so fast forward to the spring of 2012. Now, this might be the most painful part of my story, so please bear with me. But I believe by the time of spring of 2012, my grandma knew it was just a matter of time. One Saturday, she pulled me aside and said, Alex, I might not have much time left, but I love you and I want you to have a good life. She told me she wanted to see me graduate high school, and I was actually entering my senior year the next year. So uh, I was a junior when she told me that, and the next year I was going to be a senior. And then she wanted to see me succeed in life with whatever I decide to do. She then told me to never, ever change who I am for anyone, and don't let anyone dictate what I do 
with my life. And you know what? I take those words to heart, and I honor those words three years later, and I try my best to be the best man I can. Now, after that speech is when the the smile I had turned upside down because I was really worried. I was like, why is she telling me this now? All right? So after that speech, I was like, what's next? What's going to happen next? So what followed was something you never, ever want to hear. And this is what she said, quote, unquote, Alex, I've been given only a few more weeks to live. I want you to be with me as much as you can. Then she gave me a lecture about never smoking, and to this day, I have never, ever picked up a cigarette or anything to smoke, and I probably never will, because she credits smoking cigarettes for her stage 4 lung cancer, and she probably is right. So, the last two to three weeks I had with her, I tried to remain calm as I could. I cooked all of her favorite meals and took the best care I could for her. Now, on the last day, I got to spend with her when she was okay and conscious and coherent. I decided to make her s'mores, which she hadn't had in a while. She loved Hershey's and marshmallows, and that just so happened to be the last thing I ever got to prepare for her. So I'm glad I made the decision to make her s'mores because she really enjoyed it and she hadn't had it in a long time and I can tell she was glad to finally have a s'more and I believe if I remember correctly that is the last food item I got to prepare for um, my nanny Lucy. Now one full week later she passed away. She lost her battle to lung cancer. Now I will always remember the day June 12, 2012, was the day she last took her breath. Now, it was a very sad day. It took months for me to move on. And today, I am still sad about June 12, 2012, because it was the last day that my nun was on planet Earth. So, that is my story. That is my firsthand experience with cancer. And I wanted to share that with all of my listeners. So please, listeners, please join me in a moment of silence for my late great Nia Lucy who passed away to lung cancer on June 12, 2012. Let's go ahead and take that moment of silence, please. Okay, and uh, just for the record, Don, I love and miss you every day, hoping you are doing good up there in heaven. Okay, so let's move on to our next topic, and I want to tell you exactly what I've learned from my grandmother's cancer. First, I've learned to live life like it's your last day, because you never know what could happen. You could get diagnosed with cancer just like that. Or you can have a horrific tragedy. So make sure you live life like it's your last day on planet Earth. Now, I've also learned to respect those with cancer. And I would never, ever wish cancer upon anyone. 
I definitely, even, would not wish upon any of my worst enemies, okay? Now, I've also learned, in order to be happy in your life, you need good people around you who want you to succeed, not people who want things from you, and certainly not people who will get upset and cause fights with you because you won't do what they want you to do. Surround yourself with true people who actually do care for you and actually want you to succeed in life. All right, so that's exactly what I've learned from my grandmother's cancer. Now, like I said in my introduction for tonight's show, I've also personally lost a great-grandfather to cancer as well, but I was really young, like two or three years old at the time, so I really can't remember any details to share any stories on that with you, but I also did lose a great-grandfather as well. So let me go ahead and give him a moment of silence as well. All right, folks, thank you very much for participating in that moment of silence. All right, those are my stories, and now it's your turn to call in at 1-347-989-8142 and share how cancer has affected you. Go ahead, listeners, 1-347-989-8142, and tell me and my listeners how cancer has affected you. Phone lines are open all show long, and I encourage you to call in. All right, folks? All right. So now I'd like to talk about what you can do for someone who has cancer. Now, this is something I learned when I was dealing with my grandmother who had cancer, and I want to take the time to educate any one of you who are caring for a loved one or a friend with cancer. And these are all the things that I did. So here's what you can do for someone who has cancer. The first thing you can do is comfort them. Make them feel as comfortable as they can. Cook their favorite meals and their favorite desserts. Watch their favorite television shows with them. Watch their favorite movies with them. Listen to their favorite songs with them. Take them to their favorite places and just be with them. All right? So make sure you feel comfortable. With you being in their presence, they're going to feel a lot happier and a lot more confident. And if you're making them their favorite food or you're watching their favorite TV show or listening to their favorite songs with them, they're going to be very grateful for your presence. Now, like I said in my story, the more I was around my non, the more she felt better. So I like to tell people who are working with somebody that has cancer, make the person with cancer forget about their cancer as best you can. And you can do this by doing small talk. You can talk about what's going on in the world today. You can talk about who's running for president. You can talk about sports. Or you can talk about um, cooking or anything. Talk about whatever this person likes. Talk about their favorite hobbies. 
that takes their mind away from cancer and it makes them feel a little bit more better, all right? So you want to comfort them as best you can. Now, I always say a cancer victim should not be doing any sort of chores. You as the comforter, friend, family member, whatever, supporter, should be doing their chores. Let them live their life as stress-free as possible. Do their dishes, do their laundry, buy their groceries, and do as much as you physically can for the cancer victim because, like I said, they want to live stress-free. Now, some of them may fight you for doing the dishes and doing their laundry and making their life stress-free as possible because I can remember uh, my non, when I used to cook meals for her, she always wanted to do the dishes because she felt that it was an honor for me to cook for her because she never had a real man cook good food for her before, and she was really excited for that, and it was an honor for her. But she had cancer, and I knew that. So what I did before she was able to get to the kitchen was I made sure that all the dishes were cleaned. And I think um, you guys should do that for a person who has cancer as well because you don't want them to overwork themselves and get nauseous and get sick and feel sick. Because some days when people are having cancer, they feel good, they want to celebrate, they want to watch a TV show, or they want to go out to eat and do the things they used to like to do. So let's keep all the chores to ourselves and let the cancer victim live their life as stress-free as possible. The last thing I can say for something you can do for a cancer victim is to love them. Love is key, all right? They need to feel your love and feel that you really feel for them. So make sure that you really show your love for a cancer victim. And last but not least, it is very important, you want to spend as much time with a cancer victim as you can to show that you really care for them. And obviously, you should be going to their doctor visit with them. You should be going to the chemotherapy with them and going everywhere this person goes because it shows that you actually do care for uh, the cancer victim. All right, so that is a great way to start this year's Cancer Awareness Show right here on the American Variety Network. So, right now, we're going to go ahead and hear from some cancer survivors as they share their stories. The first cancer survivor we're going to hear from is called Lauren. Her name is Lauren, and she is a five-year-old girl who was diagnosed with cancer at the young age of only five years old. Can you imagine that, being diagnosed with cancer at only five? She had to undergo so many surgeries and so much chemotherapy. But I'm glad to report to you today she is now doing much better. But I'll let Lauren and her parents tell you about her story. Let's hear Lauren's story right here, right now on the American Variety Network. My name is Lauren. When I was five, I was diagnosed with cancer.
contacted Lauren's tumor by fluke. We were sitting here on the sofa, and she happened to arch her back like a turtle, and a bump in her lower back popped up. When she was standing up, you could not see it. When she was lying down, you couldn't detect it. When we think back, there may have been one or two instances in the month leading up to her diagnosis where she mentioned being uncomfortable or said, Daddy, my leg hurts. But the next day she was fine. As parents, we chalked it up to a fall on the ski hill, roughhousing with her brothers, or growing pains. Our pediatrician sent us immediately to the hospital, where we went back and forth for several days. All of Lauren's diagnostic tests were inconclusive. Late that first week, going into the tumor biopsy, we knew there were five likely diagnoses, of which three were cancer. Even with all that, right up to the final diagnosis, I had hope. But you know, when three specialists walk into the room, the news is not good. On Wednesday, April 24, 2013, two years ago, our world was rocked. Lauren was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, which is a rare cancer, and Lauren's tumor was in her lower back muscle. We were stunned, uh, numb. You sort of take stock and think, okay, what are our options? What do we have to do for our daughter? She had started her first chemotherapy cycle on Saturday, April 27th, just 12 days after we walked into the hospital three days after her diagnosis. Unbeknownst to us, Lauren's file was actually put forward to the complex case committee on Thursday, the day after her diagnosis. A surgeon I had never met comes in and tells me he's gonna be the one that's gonna operate on Lauren's spine, that he needs to cut out parts of her vertebra and she'll need to have titanium rods. A nerve that maps to her upper leg will have to be severed, which means with the loss of this nerve, she may not be able to walk for months and will likely need a leg brace for the rest of her life. You get this grave diagnosis, then it becomes a game of choosing the best of the worst. It's likely the chemo will lead to infertility. You're deciding about which supportive drugs to use because the chemo could weaken her heart muscle, but the supportive drugs could increase her chances of cancer in the future. Her life and mobility will be permanently impacted. As a parent, this is your child who is perfect and innocent in every sense. And within 72 hours, you have to make these life-changing decisions on her behalf. She was five. Due to her cancer diagnosis, the drugs used to combat the cancer, our daughter Lauren will have to be monitored for the rest of her life. Lauren's protocol was to be six to eight cycles of chemo, surgery on her spine, and six to eight more cycles of chemo. She eventually lost all her hair, her eyebrows, and her eyelashes. In anticipation of the surgery, Michelle caved and went out and bought Lauren a pair of Uggs to cheer her up on a down day. The deal was Lauren would keep them in the shoebox and put them on only after her surgery. I call them the white light Uggs. If there was ever a chance that Lauren did see a white light but knew there was Uggs on the other side waiting for her, she'd definitely go for the Uggs. At the last minute in the OR, all I could do was kiss Lauren goodbye and trade our love you times infinity. Lauren's surgery was supposed to be six hours. It took over 10. There were complications and they nearly lost her twice. The Uggs were the first thing she asked for after surgery. Collectively, we took 10 months off work. Having a child being treated for cancer is a full-time job. We were fortunate, though. For parents with a child that has leukemia, treatment can extend beyond two years. We live in Toronto, so we had our beds to come home to. Other families have to travel long distances for the child's treatment. They're split up for months at a time, have to live in a hotel, or stay at Ronald McDonald House. Their lives are completely disrupted. November 24, 2013 was Lauren's last day of chemo. You might think that her final checkup would be the last hurdle, but what comes after is actually harder from a mental standpoint. 
All of a sudden, the safety net of being monitored weekly is gone. We did not want to hover over Lauren or rush her to hospital at the first sign of a complaint of being uncomfortable or hurt. But you're paranoid of missing something. Knowing the long-term implications is invaluable. It gives us an element of control and highlights things that we should be on the lookout for. The information POGO has gathered over the last 25 years is helping Lauren now. The information POGO is gathering now from Lauren and other pediatric oncology patients will inform and provide for Lauren's doctors in the future. It's always evolving. Two years later, Lauren continues to astonish us and her recovery is beyond our expectations. We hope to never see the oncology department again. Well, for follow-ups and social visits. Well, I'm good. I'm glad to hear that Lauren is doing much better, and the cancer hopefully is gone from uh, Lauren. That's a very good story, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed Lauren's cancer story. All right, the second cancer victim we're going to hear from is another little girl by the name of Carly. Now, Carly is a young girl who had serious, life-threatening bone cancer. She experienced so much chemo and much more, but I'll let Carly tell you about her cancer story right now. I remember it was like yesterday. It was a Tuesday morning around 10 o'clock in the morning, October 26th. The phone rang. And that's like when my world stopped. Came home, Karen was sitting on the couch right over here in the living room. And I said, I got bad news. Carly has cancer. I remember her from just the moment she was born and, and um, no, this was my little girl. And just the thought of losing her can't handle it. I would probably want to die. She's just my princess. When I was little, I was loved taking my parents' like cameras and going outside and taking photos. And I've always liked it. But when I was diagnosed and I got like my phone and stuff like that, I would just take pictures because it was a way for me to like get out to people like what I'm going through. Two weeks after I got my port put in, I started chemo. It was scary because I haven't, I, never been to a hospital before. It's hard in the beginning, but you get used to like the treatments going in every week or every day. Alright. The memories sometimes like come rushing in and 
get a bunch of different emotions just run through your head. It's just like a big, crazy thing. There were hard days and there were good days. There were like sad days or bad days, but you had to act like a warrior and you had to be strong through it. Going through treatment, I met so many people. Most of them would be like littler kids and it was hard seeing that because of like knowing what I'm going through and that it's hard, I wonder how it is for them. When I think of the word cancer, I think of this this horrible monster that kills people and this hurts kids and it's horrible like disease. No kids should know like what how many doses of chemo they need and what medicines they need to take. When your child is sick, anything you worry about, but cancer, it's totally out of your control. There's nothing you can do to take it away. You can't do the treatments for her. You take it very personal. Arnold Palmer Hospital, it was my second home for like a year. The nurses at Arnold Palmer, they're all so like welcoming and nice, being there all the time. It's like they become your friends and you're like family almost. From the reception desk in the front where you just walk in to Lily who cleaned the rooms and came in and mopped our floor. Every single person is put there for these kids. They know that these are kids, they know that this is tough for them, and they know that when the kids are there, that's the closest thing to home that they have right then. My doctors, oh my gosh, they're so amazing. They would like, cheer me up, and especially Dr. Sutphin, he like knew like when I was in a bad mood and he'd just like make me laugh. The happiest day was when I left Arnold Palmer for like my last treatment day. Me and the nurses, we all like had to like get together and um, we all like cried tears of joy. Today she's healthy and through the wonderful doctors at Arnold Palmer Hospital, she's alive and well. When you say Arnold Palmer Hospital, I just think of the amazing staff, everybody there, so amazing. Without it, I wouldn't be here. I can't think of a better cause than the care of children, especially those who are diagnosed with life-threatening illnesses. Like, you go through so much stuff on that floor, but... It's also like a good thing because that floor is like the place where I got healed. If you can support the care of these kids and if you can see how it changes their lives, it's worth it. Awesome. Another great story from another young cancer survivor and um Glad to hear that Carly is doing much, much better right now. And our third and final cancer survivor we're going to hear from right now is named Amelia. And Amelia is a 28-year-old woman who was diagnosed with lung cancer. Now, Amelia's lung cancer 
did not get the best of her as she fought through it and continues to live her life as she wants. So let's hear Amelia's story right here, right now, on tonight's episode of Cancer Awareness. My name is Amelia Cafaro. I'm 28 years old, and I was diagnosed with stage 3 inflammatory breast cancer. In my life before cancer, I was living in Brooklyn, New York with my sister and working in photography and production. I started making photographs about five years ago after seeing an an Annie Leibovitz documentary that really inspired me. About a year ago, I wasn't paying close enough attention, perhaps. I was extremely tired. I had a lot of back pain, and I found kind of like a grape-sized lump in my breast one morning. Then I remember seeing the doctor, and she took one look, and she said, this is either a really bad breast infection or it's inflammatory breast cancer. And I said, but you think it's cancer? And she said, yes. And so began the journey with cancer. Amelia is a very uh, dynamic young woman. She's only 28 years old. Um, She has done a lot of living in that 28 years because of this experience that she's going through and much wiser beyond her years. Although Amelia is extremely bright and articulate, I think to internalize that you have this diagnosis is very difficult. And she was very smart how she went about it. So not only did she meet with all of us, but she sat down with her pathologist and looked at her pathology slides. She made pictures, she did research, she did everything she needed to embrace this diagnosis. I had a port put in Thursday, two days after my diagnosis. I had a brain scan, a PET scan, and a CT scan the following Monday. And Thursday, on Valentine's Day, I started chemotherapy. So all within eight days of finding out, being diagnosed, having all the imaging done, and starting treatment. She has a spirit that is endearing uh, and enduring through a difficult treatment process. I've used my photography during my treatment to be more of a curious observer as to what happened, what's happening. The first photo I made was in the dressing room before they gave me my official diagnosis. And I just stood there sort of in front of the mirror thinking, my body is about to change forever. Inflammatory breast cancer is quite unusual. Um, And any breast cancer in a 28-year-old is very unusual. So she's gone through a whole gamut of treatment and has worked with every facet of our medical program from surgical to radiation to chemotherapy. And one of the things she struggled with is range of motion on that left side. So her functional reach just isn't quite there like you and I would have a full reach to reach up into a closet or a shelf. She doesn't have that yet. Along the way, I've practiced a lot of yoga and meditation. That has helped tremendously. It's helped me to stay present and focused and calm and to just really cultivate peace in my life no matter what else is going on. 
so I'm still healing. <laughs> and just to get back to that real raw human connection. Uh, and with someone who's so freely willing to give of herself in that way and make that connection as Amelia is, has been probably one of the most rewarding, like heartwarming parts of working with her. When I practice yoga, I am concentrating on staying present in that moment. And it's very easy, even in the practice, to let your mind wander and think about what you did that day or what you need to do tomorrow. But it all comes back to that moment, to right now. Here at Columbia St. Mary's, we have a fully accredited breast program. We're one of only 500 institutions across the United States that have achieved the national accreditation program for breast centers. And that's something we're very proud of. Every Wednesday morning, we meet as a team. And initially, we meet in the morning and we talk through all the pathology, the radiology, and then we begin to discuss how to take care of the women. So this is done in our breast conference with all the physicians and the nursing support and research support and genetics. The whole team works together as a team. They all are in the room discussing the care together and it makes for the best outcome for the patients, but the patients are a part of the team too. My team at Columbia St. Mary's is fantastic. They're all this incredible team of strong women who take that very clinical aspect of being in treatment out of treatment. They're compassionate and they're warm and understanding. I think the thing that I find the most inspiring about Amelia's story is her spirit. She is just so genuine, so real, so honest. I've learned so much from her in terms of how to live in the present. She's always looking for details. She's capturing the moment in every facet of her life. I can't tell you what the future holds, but my wish is that I regain full health, that I have quality time with my friends and my family, that I slow down, that I become a yoga teacher, that I travel more, that I put aside any of my fears in life, to be fully present in my life and to be happy and know that this is this is it. This is my life right now. And that was another great cancer survivor story and I'm glad that Amelia is uh, living her life to the fullest and is doing good. All right, so this is a very good 2015 Cancer Awareness Show. I'm having a lot of fun and learning a lot about cancer. I hope you guys are having fun as well. And I'm so glad that you are joining me to raise awareness for cancer. As we all know, October is Cancer Awareness Month, and this is the least that I, Alice Cardinelli, and the American Variety Network could do. Like I said in the introduction to today's show, your listens is causing awareness for cancer. In other words, your listens are helping to raise awareness for cancer, I should say. All right, we're going to go ahead and take our quick intermission 
Coming up next, right after intermission, you're going to hear from some more cancer survivors. And I'm also going to discuss the kinds of cancer and how to prevent cancer and some symptoms of two, uh, two of the most popular kinds of cancer and much more. So we've got plenty more cancer talk to come right after our intermission. Now, don't forget you can call in live at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two to share your very own cancer story or talk about how cancer has affected you. Because October is Cancer Awareness Month and tonight we are paying our respects and our tribute in raising awareness for cancer. So right now we're gonna take our intermission and we're gonna hear one song for our intermission tonight. And the song is by Christy Hoops, and it is called At Least It Is Something. And then we're going to play infomercials, and we'll be right back. So stick around for much more of American Variety Network's 2015 Cancer Awareness Show. comes again That someone's sinking in Turn on the lights, turn it back off Swim in the sheets till the morning comes Drown in the thought of you when the day is done Here it comes again
want to get some much-needed exposure for your business or your very own Facebook page or even your very own podcast, well, look no further than Jackie's help and advice for promoting on Facebook. Jackie will help you advertise your goods and help you spread the word. I, Alice Cardinelli, have personally been great friends with Miss Jackie Wilkes, and she has a very kind heart, and she is a very sweet lady, and she will definitely help you grow, like she has helped Alice Cardinelli grow. To advertise and promote your business, or anything you want to advertise, please like and check out the page, Jackie's Help and Advice for Promoting on Facebook. Are you enjoying tonight's episode of the American Variety Network? Great! The American Variety Network really appreciates your listening. We also appreciate listener feedback. Please feel free to email us your thoughts and opinions on tonight's show. Our email address is AmericanVarietyNetwork at Comcast.net. That's American Variety Network at Comcast.net. You may also email us with any questions, comments, or concerns you may have about our show. You can also email us to book a guest appearance on the American Variety Network, or you may contact us to become a sponsor of the American Variety Network. American Variety Network at Comcast.net. Would you like to find out when the next episode of the American Variety Network is? Do you want to find out the news and updates for the American Variety Network? Well, all you have to do is go on your computer and log on to the social media sites. The American Variety Network is now on Facebook and Twitter. That's right, you can find the American Variety Network on Facebook and Twitter. Like our fan page on Facebook called American Variety Network. And follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter fan page is at American Network 1. Again, our fan page on Facebook is American Variety Network. Hit like. And our fan page on Twitter is at American Network 1. And hit follow. Happy Halloween from Alex Cardinale and all of us here at the American Variety Network.
We hope that your month is full of tricks and treats as well as plenty of scariness. Don't forget to enjoy some delicious candy this Halloween season. The American Variety Network suggests Reese's, Kit Kat, Snickers, and some Oreos for delicious Halloween treats. Make sure you have your candy ready for trick or treating. Happy Halloween! Halloween Tricks The American Variety Network live on Saturday, October 31st, 2015 at 9pm Eastern, 8pm Central, 7pm Mountain, and 6pm Pacific. October 31st just happens to be Halloween. On a special Halloween night, the American Variety Network will celebrate Halloween with plenty of tricks and treats, scary Halloween stories, Halloween music, and candy discussion. So ghosts, goblins, and zombies come out of your trial and tune into the American Variety Network for a special Halloween 2015 fun show. Join us Halloween night 9pm Eastern at blogtalkradio.com forward slash American Network. Happy Halloween. You're listening to the American Variety Network. Your only place for variety on Blog Talk Radio. Hi, Jeremy Stillhorn. I'm tuned into the American Variety Network where I find the shows very educational and entertaining. Are you bold enough to call in and interact with tonight's topic? Well, prove it by calling in live at 1-347-989-8142 to ask questions about tonight's topic or share your thoughts on tonight's topic. Just pick up your phone and dial 1-347-989-8142 and go into a quiet location. Again, that's 1-347-989-8142. Now let's get on with the show. October is Cancer Awareness Month. On tonight's episode of American Variety Network, Alex Cardinali will raise awareness for cancer. I know firsthand the damage cancer can cause as I lost both my grandma and great-grandpa to cancer. Hear my story firsthand on how cancer has affected me, and I'll tell you what you can do for someone who has cancer. Your listen to this show is helping to raise awareness for cancer. Do you or someone you know have cancer? Do you want to share your cancer story? Do you want to discuss how cancer has affected you? If so, please call in at 1-347-989-8142. The American Variety Network goes pink in the fight against cancer. Now join Alex Cardinali in the fight against cancer right now. Welcome back to the 2015 Cancer Awareness Show, right here on the American Variety Network. I appreciate all of you listening live. 
because your listens are helping raise awareness for cancer. Now, before our intermission, I told you how cancer affected me, and we heard from three cancer survivors, and I talked about what you can do for somebody with cancer. Now, we're going to talk about the different kinds of cancers, how to prevent these kinds of cancers, and we'll talk about the symptoms of two of the most popular kinds of cancer. And I'm also going to show you a 2015 estimated cases of cancer, an estimated death of cancer, a little bit later on in the show. And we're also going to hear from some more cancer survivors. But first, before we get into any further in the show, I would like to give another caller plug-in. This show is about you, the cancer survivors. So, if you're listening live to the show today, please feel free to call in at 1-347-989-8142, and you can call in to share your very own cancer story and tell us how cancer has affected your life. Just dial in 1-347-989-8142, and I would be very happy to answer your call. All right, let's get back into our awesome show for today. Now, when I think of cancer, I personally think about two people. And the first, actually, obviously, would be my grandmother because it's home to me. But secondly, I think of a really good young wrestling fan who ultimately lost his battle to cancer. And if you guys are wrestling fans, you know who I'm talking about, and that is Connor the Crusher. He's actually the very first WWE fan to go into the Hall of Fame. How exciting is that? This man, or this kid actually, has touched the hearts of many people, including myself. I could not imagine someone as young as three or four years old, or maybe even five or six years old, to have cancer. And it's a very difficult thing to imagine. But you know what? This kid had a great spirit. He loved going to wrestling. And he actually touched the hearts of wrestlers as well. And when we raise awareness for cancer, I always think about the kids who have cancer as well. Not just the adults, but the kids who have cancer as well. It's a very sad thing. And plus, like myself, don't have cancer. And the people that do have cancer are usually the most unselfish, unselfish people. They don't care about themselves. They care about helping other people who have cancer, and you have to respect that. All right? But Connor DeCosher was a young man who had severe brain cancer, yet he lived his life to the fullest, and he cared for everybody around him. So I would like to start the second half of the show by paying tribute to Connor the Crusher, a very good kid. And we're going to play the WWE video that the WWE made for him. The Hall of Famer and the Hall of Fame kid, Connor the Crusher. I'm outside of Console Energy Center where a seven-year-old boy battling cancer is about to meet his hero. My wrestling name is Connor the Crusher. 
corner talked himself backstage somehow. Daniel is by far his favorite. That was probably the most excited I've ever seen Kwane. Do you guys think you could beat us? Mm, I could. Yo. <laughs> Connor was special for a million reasons. His smile, his he was so quick-witted. He was nice to everybody, but just sometimes brutally honest. Crazy. <laughs> you couldn't help but talk to him and just instantly fall in love with him. He was obviously sick, but you'd never know it from his personality. And then maybe I'll have a match with Daniel Bryan. It'll be me and him, and he'll beat me. Yeah. Why no. did you promise not to hurt <laughs> You make him promise not to hurt me. You know how tough that guy is? No, you know I'm, how, not. You know how, I'm not going to do that. Come on, bud. Be I fair. I'm not going to do that. Just be fair. Be fair. No. I just couldn't help but hug him, and I wanted to kiss him and hold him. And then his dad told me that he didn't have very long to live. We got the news that there wasn't much time left. We came up with the idea to invite him to WrestleMania, to give him something to hang on for. Tell him where we're going next Sunday, where we're going to be. To WrestleMania. Oh, that's awesome. A week before WrestleMania in Washington, D.C. Before Raw started, before doors were open, there were no fans in the arena. Connor and Daniel started in the back, and Daniel's music came on. He came out and started doing the yes thing, and all the superstars were around the ring. Hunter got into the ring, and Hunter immediately dove in and said, Hit me. And Connor said, I can't hit you. Hit him and cover him. Here it comes. Superstars and divas who saw it, they were all touched by it. They were just all touched by it that we could make such a difference in, in one child's life. It, it was a really a great moment. The best part of WrestleMania for me was that it was the first time in, I'd say, four years where I actually forgot the corner was sick. Hold on, let me get my recording. All right. He was very energetic. He moved a lot. He, he, he didn't need his help as much as he normally needed help. the end of WrestleMania. As a dad, I kept hoping that maybe Daniel saw Connor sitting there. Daniel got out of the ring on our side, and the very first person that Daniel came up to was Connor. He leaned over and said, Connor, you mean a lot to me. You gave you give me a lot of strength. You helped me to earn this, and please keep on fighting. 
Connor was elated. It was a perfect moment. I truly believe that the whole experience extended Connor's time with me. There's no greater gift that um, I could get, and there's no way I could ever repay them for that. As a father, there's, that's all I can ask for is more time. And especially the time I got was so great. He was himself, and it was like having my little boy back. magic about him. He had a light and anybody that was around him could feel it and is the better for it. That was a good video for Connor the Crusher. I thought he was a, a very good kid. Unfortunately, he had brain cancer and unfortunately he passed away last year, but he experienced what he always enjoyed, and that is wrestling. He went to WrestleMania, so that is a very, very good story. All right, so now we're going to talk about cancer a little bit in depth, and then we're going to hear from some more cancer survivors, and we'll hear from their stories as well. But right now, I want to talk about the most common types of cancers and their symptoms and how to prevent them. So everything I'm going to discuss right now is part of my research, and I'm going to be reading it on the paper that I printed. Okay, so all these findings are from my research. These are the most common types of cancer. The first one is breast cancer. The second one is colon and rectal cancer. The third one is kidney cancer. The fourth popular is leukemia, and the fifth popular is lung, and finally, the least common is prostate cancer. All right? Now, I want to tell you guys, the 2015 reported case of new diagnosis and deaths. All right, folks? So... Now we're going to go with the estimated deaths and the estimated new cases for each of the following cancers. Now, for bladder cancer, there is an estimated 74,000 new cases in 2015, and there's an estimated 16,000 deaths due to bladder cancer. Now, for breast cancer in female and men, there's an estimated... 231,840 to 2,350,000 cases of breast cancer this year. And for deaths, there's an estimated 40,290 to 440 million deaths of breast cancer this year. Now, for colon and rectal cancer combined, there's an estimated 132,000 700 new cases this year, and for deaths for colon rectal cancer, there is an estimated 49,700 deaths. Now, for all types of leukemia, there's an estimated 54,270 new cases of leukemia, and there's an estimated 
24,450 deaths from leukemia. And last but not least, we've got lung cancer. And there's an estimated there's an estimated 221,200 new cases of lung cancer. And there's an estimated 158,040 deaths. That's a lot. And that is this year's numbers. Those are from 2015. All right? So quickly, I'm going to briefly discuss the symptoms and preventions for a few different kinds of cancer. This year, I'm only going to do two kinds of cancer. Next year's episode, I'll probably do it four or five. But this year, I'm only going to do two because I want to save time for callers and three more cancer survivor stories. And I'm going to do the two most popular, and that's breast cancer and lung cancer. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to remember, breast cancer is not only just a female cancer, but breast cancer can also happen in men as well. So men, don't go thinking you have it easy. Men, just as much as women, can develop breast cancer as well. So let's start with the symptoms of breast cancer. The first symptom is a change in how the breast or nipple feels. Now, nipple tenderness or a lump or thickening in or near the breast or underarm area is a good sign of breast cancer. Now, a change in the skin texture or an enlargement of pores in the skin of the breast, and some describe this as similar to an orange peel's texture, is another sign or symptom of breast cancer. Now, a lump in the breast. Now, it's important to remember that all lumps should be investigated by a healthcare professional, but know that not all lumps are cancerous. Another symptom of breast cancer is a change in the breast or nipple appearance. Any unexplained change in the size or shape of the breast. There can also be dimpling anywhere on the breast. Unexplained swelling of the breast, especially if only on one side. Unexplained shrinkage of the breast. And any nipple discharge, particularly clear discharge or bloody discharge. Those are all the symptoms of uh, breast cancer. Now, it is also important to note that a milky discharge that is present when a woman is not breastfeeding should be checked by her doctor, although it is not linked with breast cancer. So now, let's talk about how to prevent breast cancer. First way to prevent breast cancer is to avoid becoming overweight. Now, obesity raises the risk of breast cancer after menopause the time of life when breast cancer most often occurs. Avoid gaining weight over time and try to maintain a body mass index under 25. Eat healthy to avoid tipping the scale. Embrace a diet high in vegetables and fruit and low in sugar drinks, refined carbohydrates, and fatty foods. Eat lean proteins such as fish or chicken breast, and eat red meat in moderation, if at all. Eat whole grains. Choose vegetable oils over animal fats. 
The next way to prevent breast cancer is to keep yourself physically active. Research suggests that increased physical activity, even when begun later in life, reduce overall breast cancer risk by about 10% to 30%. All it takes is moderate exercise, like a 30-minute walk five days a week, to get this protective effect. Drink little or no alcohol. Alcohol use is associated with an increased risk of breast cancer. Women should limit intake to no more than one drink per day, regardless of the type of alcohol. Okay, so now let's talk about the symptoms of lung cancer. So the first symptom of lung cancer is a cough that won't quit. Now be on alert for a new cough that lingers. While a cough associated with a cold or respiratory infection will go away in a week or two, a persistent cough that lingers could be a possible sign of lung cancer. Don't be tempted to dismiss a stubborn cough, whether it is a dry or mucus-producing, as just a cough. See your doctor right away. He or she will listen to your lungs and may order an x-ray or other test. Another symptom of lung cancer would be a change in a cough. Pay attention to any changes in a chronic cough, particularly if you are a smoker. If you are coughing more often, your cough has a deeper or hoarse sound, or you're coughing up blood or more mucus than usual, it's time to make a doctor's appointment. If a family member or friend experiences these changes, suggest that they visit their doctor. Breathing changes is another great symptom of lung cancer. Shortness of breath or becoming easily winded are also possible symptoms of lung cancer. This symptom can occur if lung cancer blocks or narrows an airway or if fluid from a lung cancer builds up in the chest. Make a point of noticing when you feel winded or short of breath. Now, if this symptom occurs after climbing the stairs to your house, bringing in groceries, or performing another task you previously do without finding hard to do, without finding it hard to breathe, don't ignore it. Pain in the chest, uh, chest area is another symptom of lung cancer. Lung cancer may produce pain in the chest, soldier, shoulder, or back area. This aching feeling may not be associated with coughing. Tell your doctor if you notice any type of chest pain, whether it's sharp, dull, constant, or comes and goes. You should also know whether it's confined to a specific area or it's occurring throughout your chest. All right, one more thing that I'll talk about from my research, and that is how to prevent and lower your risk of getting lung cancer. Don't smoke. If you've never smoked, don't start. Stop smoking, and if you're smoking, stop smoking now. Avoid secondhand smoke. Test your home for ratan, and avoid carcinogens at work. In a diet full of fruits and vegetables, and exercise most days of the week. Now, for all the other cancers, I recommend doing a Google research because I don't have time to discuss the other ones on this year's show. All right? So I just wanted to share 
my research with you, and I hope you find it useful. And I do apologize for some of the mishaps and the errors I I uh, had when I was reading that stuff to you, because usually I'm going to all ad lib show. It's been a long time since I've actually read something, so you have to bear with me on that. All right, let's move the show right along, and we're going to go right back to our next three cancer survivor stories. Now, the next story we're going to hear from is from a young man by the name of Stephen, and he was from the United Kingdom. So this is somebody from another part of the world, all the way in the United Kingdom, who had cancer, but yet he inspired others all over the world with cancer. He inspired people from the United States, Italy, Germany, the United Kingdom, Canada, etc. Now, Stephen was a young teenager who was diagnosed with an uncurable cancer, but he had cancer. Cancer did not have him. Now, Stephen's positivity was inspiring for other cancer victims. He was always known to stay positive and live his life to the fullest. Now, he accomplished more in his lifetime than any one American citizen ever could. Sadly, Stephen lost his battle in the spring of 2014, but with his drive, his motivation, and his positivity, he raised over $4 million for teenage cancer research all over the world. Yes, that's right. $4 million. Anyways, let's hear Stephen's story right here on this year's Cancer Awareness Show. This is a nine-minute story, but trust me, it is a very good one. The old saying goes, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. But what do you do when life gives you cancer? This is not a sob story. This is Stephen's story. I was diagnosed in September 2010. Altogether, I've undergone about seven lots of surgery, 30 sessions of radiotherapy, and four different regimes of chemotherapy, and soon I'll be starting a fifth. The aim of Stephen's story is to spread as much positivity as possible, to show people what it's like to have something go wrong with your life, but not to be defined by it. I think one of the things that Stephen always stresses is, I may have cancer, but cancer doesn't have me. It doesn't have to be about suffering. One week after the original operation to move tumours from a bowel, and one day um, I was at the hospital, um, I ended up going to a fancy dress party. The surgeon gave me advice to go home, take it easy, and basically do nothing. But I decided to go to this party dressed as a granny uh, in a wheelchair. And because of how much weight I'd lost, and because of how thin and pale I was, I was, I was pretty convincing. Um, but by the end of the night, I was being pushed around um, in front of a conga line in my wheelchair, having an absolutely fantastic time. And this was me from the off making a statement of how I was going to overcome my illness. Stephen Sutton was an exceptional student. Exceptional in academic terms, securing some of the best results we have ever seen in the history of this school. He was going through chemo once a fortnight, and literally the only time he had off school throughout the whole thing were the three days where he was having the chemo. Stephen is, is, is perhaps the most amazing person I've ever met, you know, let, let alone student. 
He's very special because he refuses to let this um, beat him or, um, or govern the rest of his life. He stuck two fingers up at cancer, basically. And I think that's the kind of attitude that, that the people in this school needed to see. It's made lots of young people here think quite differently about the sorts of decisions they're making and how they need to make the best of their opportunities. In a weird way, I consider my first cancer diagnosis as a good thing. It was a huge kick of the backside that gave me a lot of motivation for life. On 13th of January 2013, I made a Facebook page called Stephen Story. Um, on the page, I included a bucket list of 46 things I want to achieve in the near future. Some of the things in my bucket list include skydiving, crowd surf in a rubber dinghy, in front of a huge crowd. Um, I ended up doing this live at Wembley. Hugging animal bigger than me was also on the list. Another thing on the bucket list was to get a tattoo. I ended up getting a troll doll tattooed underneath my armpit, with my armpit hair doubling up as a troll doll's hair. Since starting the bucket list, I've had people come up to me and offer to raise funds for me i.e. for me personally, to, to go on a holiday or to tick off a, an, another item on my bucket list. But um, I've actually refused um, and decided to give the money to charity instead. I think when Stephen started his, his bucket list, um, we never expected it to go where, where it's gone and, and the fact that he's inspired so, and motivated so many people. Stephen ran me up and decided that forget the bucket list. Don't waste your efforts. Let's singly focus on raising money. Since starting the bucket list, my life has changed completely. Uh, I'm now doing so many weird and wonderful things and so much more. Um, the amount of opportunities I've managed to up my way is absolutely immense. And the one thing I've really enjoyed is the fundraising and helping others. So that's the main thing I now want to concentrate on. I would say that anyone in the community would know who he is. He'd be sitting in the office and you could see the kids walking past going, oh, look there, Stephen! Stephen's in there, almost like he was some kind of pop star that was had been adulated. The most powerful thing I've ever seen is when you actually meet Stephen, because Facebook's one thing, and you can see all the positivity which he brings out, and he really does bring everybody together. But when you meet him, the effect is tenfold, in terms of you get this energy, and you really want to just do something, and you have to see that to believe it. And I've gone on to call that the Stephen Story effect. The first event that he spoke out for us, uh, I was absolutely amazed within minutes, within the hours, having emails and text messages from people saying just how authentic he was. He wasn't like your typical sort of motivational speaker. It was just a real, raw story, but such, such an inspiration at the same time. The students were hanging on his every word. Um, it was palpable, um, the, 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 by far the best speaker I've ever heard, and the impact Amazing, com complete, um, spontaneous standing ovation. Um, everyone very, very moved and very proud to be associated with, um, with someone like that within their own community. And our next speaker is a teenager who knows really all too much about cancer. I am not going to tell you his story because he does it so well himself. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a very warm welcome for an amazing young man, Stephen Sutton. He's focus and drive and passion and thirst for life I just find absolutely staggering um, and his, his desire, his genuine desire to help other people um, who are in difficult situations as well is an absolute 
inspiration. I do not know how long I've got left to live. But one of the reasons for that is because I have an ass. And you know, and that's because I don't see the point in measuring life in terms of time anymore. I would rather measure it in terms of what I actually achieve, you know. I'd rather measure it in terms of making a difference, which I think is a much more valid and pragmatic measure. I don't want to be remembered as someone who didn't fulfil their potential. My original goal was to become a doctor um, and to help others that way. Unfortunately, my diagnosis means that I won't be able to fulfil that dream. Um, however, my core purpose um, of helping others is still the same. You can't give me your time to make me live longer. But what I can try and do is to give you a bit of my motivation, you know, to go out there and achieve something, to go out there and help others, to go out there and enjoy life, to, to continue the work of a foundation. I'm going to say once more, to make a difference. He's a wonderful guy and been my best mate ever since year four and I wouldn't change a thing. It's great that now a lot more people can see the same best friend as what I have. I think Stephen's really affected a whole heap of people in a myriad of different ways. He knows he's in a bad situation, but he makes the best out of it and gets the best out of other people as well, not just himself. With Stephen telling his story, it's made people appreciate just, you know, what they have got. He's extraordinary with his positivity in terms of, no matter what life throws at him, he's still going to make the best out of every situation. At the moment, I am happy and will continue to be happy regardless of what the future might hold. For whatever reason, life has given me cancer. I don't really want to die, but if my story teaches others not to take life for granted, then so be it. In the meantime, I'll be trying to enjoy every second as much as possible. Cancer sucks, but life is great. Get my shoes and out the door Five. I'm alive, six, seven, eight, feeling great Nine, gonna shine, life is good I'm doing fine, man, gonna do it right and do it again, yeah, yeah I look into the sky with all the beautiful colour But there's nothing just for me, so gonna share it with another I got to show, to give, let out, I want To sing and shout, take a look and see a beautiful morning That turns into a beautiful evening And together make a beautiful life And if you wanna see, then come along with me, that's right And if you wanna go tomorrow Okay, so that was a very good motivational kind of uh, talk from Stephen. And like I said, unfortunately, Stephen passed away in the spring of 2014. So rest in peace, Stephen and Connor the Crusher. Okay, so we're going to have two more final uh, cancer survivor stories. And instead of me explaining their situation to you, I'm going to let them tell you firsthand. I was diagnosed September 21st of um, 2009 and um, the way I got diagnosed was I was actually at work. I was working in a loop shop, I was greeting a car and um, I just got 
super nauseous, had to run to the bathroom. And I think I might have had a small, I'm not sure, but I might have had a small seizure in the bathroom. And when I came out, I said, I have to go to the emergency room. It was something that I had known for a, for a while, that there was something wrong, but I hadn't, didn't have any insurance or anything like that. I figured if I was strong throughout my treatment, then once that was done, it, my, I would come back to being normal pretty quickly. And it turned out it wasn't the case. And nobody didn't really say that, you know, you have to give your body time to heal, which seems to be something so obvious, but I just didn't think of it that way. And then finally somebody told me, my Reiki doctor told me, a good rule of thumb is as long as you were in treatment, that's how long you need to give your body to recuperate. And that was such a relief because I I was thinking, you know, it's been it's been a month. How come I don't feel better? Why do I still feel sick? Why am I still so tired? And so that was that was like the light. You know, they ask you in the beginning, do you have a primary care doctor? And they ask you throughout, but nobody really says that's a really good idea because it will help you with this and this. So they can explain things to you in a, a more, more informative way. And so whenever I ask something about my doc, to my doctor, if I have a question, um, he's not able to answer it because my tumor is common in kids. He just tells me maybe you should call, you know, the children's hospital and get your question answered. Whether maybe I, if I had a primary care doctor, he could have he could spend more time, or he or she could spend more time with me and actually explain more in detail about, you know, different things that, you know, about emotional things that you go through and things like that. I haven't been able to have a lot of questions answered, and so a lot of things are up in the air. Can I have kids in the future? You know, a lot of things like that. You know, what's going to, you know, I'm now thinking more in the future. Am I able to have the kind of life that I was going to have before? So that's kind of having to deal with that and getting over that, that this is, this is how my life is and whatever, whatever changes that have came from it, then that's how it's going to be and I have to be okay with that. Getting cancer um, is going to sound crazy, but it actually saved my life because I wasn't really living in the best way, you know, I, was, I had a lot of emotions that I hadn't dealt with that, and things that had happened in my life that weren't very pleasant. And um, once you get hit with cancer, that's the only thing you can concentrate on. You know, when you're in treatment and things like that, it's the only thing you think is appointments, infusions, and that's, that's only where your mind goes. And it's just about going through, getting through what you're going through. Um, I've learned to be, to be patient, which I was never before. <laughs> um, I've learned to be stronger. I've learned to be, to be, I've always wanted to be really independent. That's always been what I've been so proud of. And to have to be dependent on somebody else, it kind of humbles you in a way. So I've, I've, I've learned so much from, from getting cancer. <laughs> I'm Mark, I'm a five-year leukemia survivor. Um, I first found out that I had leukemia. Uh, actually, what tipped me off, I guess, was uh, some of my friends back when I used to work uh, wait tables. They uh, told me I was looking really pale and I was always really tired just after going to a few tables. And they're like, man, something's gotta be wrong with you. I was like, yeah, maybe I just low on iron or something. So I just ate a lot of spinach, <laughs> hoping that would like help out. But then a couple weeks later, I got a fever that just would not go away. Uh, they, you know, put me on a lot of drugs to try to get that to go away, but it wouldn't, so I had a doctor come. Uh, actually, I had to go to the doctor to, uh, 
get some blood work done and uh, he saw something that he didn't like and then I had to go get a uh, bone marrow test and that's what found the leukemia. My treatments, well I started off uh, with the basic eight courses through uh, five months. Uh, there's supposed to be eight courses over eight months but I lucked out so I only had to go for five months. Um, they were pretty, not basic treatments, but you know, you got you know, one, one type of chemo one month and then another one the next time. I uh, didn't have really too many complications except for, you know, I'd get low blood counts. So they'd give you transfusions for that and they'd do multiple tests and things that, you know, I didn't necessarily care for like spinal taps. Those were not very fun. Um, and then after those eight courses, uh, I responded well, you know, I went into remission and then um, I had two intensifications, uh, one of which actually knocked my uh, white blood cell count so low that I got an infection and I had to stay in the hospital for about a month and they couldn't find out how to get rid of it. Uh, and I had to go through several tests, CAT scans, MRIs, uh, to figure that out. Finally, they finally figured it out and uh, I got rid of it and I got out. How I got through all those, uh, all those treatments though, I mean, I had a good you know, support system of family and friends. They'd always come up, visit me, always hang out with me, always try to entertain them and stuff like that. Uh, you know, my family would come up and always bring me candy or something, you know, so I didn't have to eat that awesome hospital food. And then, uh, yeah, my friends were actually really, really great to me. You know, they'd always, you know, bring some video games to play or movies to watch or anything like that because you can't really get up. You don't really want to get up and move around. As much as the nurses and doctors tell you to, you just feel so, uh, because, you know, your, your counts are just so low. Well, my diagnosis disrupted uh, my, my school and social life because I had to stop going to school. I was diagnosed when I was a, at the end of my sophomore year, so I had to stop going to school uh, to do the treatments because there's no way you could do both of them. At, you know, you got to concentrate on, you know, getting through that. Um, and I guess my social life, you know, you, I couldn't really go out and do things with my friends. I mean, um, I mean, I did, I did, you know, try to do as much as I could, but you know, you're very limited because you either get tired or you know, your parents are afraid you're going to get sick, you know, or something like that. So. But now that I've uh, gone through all the treatments, been in remission and everything, I'm back at school, finally finishing up getting my degree, uh, back at work again, um, which actually is another uh, hard thing when you try to go back and get a job. How do you explain that time period that you took off? Because, uh, you know, you don't have to tell them, but, you know, they're going to wonder if you're trying to hide something from them or, like, prison or something like that from them. Uh, some advice I would have for some uh, newly diagnosed young adults would be to definitely utilize the resources that they have now because I didn't have those resources uh, back when I was diagnosed and I think it would be very helpful and also always try to keep a positive attitude because it definitely helps going through the process you know and helps your friends and family get through it as well and one really important thing be nice to your nurses <laughs> all right so it's a good thing to hear from some of the uh, cancer survivors on today's show. So one last caller plug because we're reaching the end of today's show. If you want to call in, you have any questions on cancer, you want to share your own cancer story, please call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. All right, the last thing that I would like to personally talk about is how you, my listeners can raise awareness for cancer. So here we go. How can you, the listeners, raise awareness for cancer? 
Well, the first way you, my listeners, can raise awareness for cancer is to donate. Donate to any local cancer clubs you have, or donate to the Susan Coleman Fund, or any cancer funds that are in your area. Now, by donating, you are allowing for some more needed research on potential cures for cancer. Now, you can also raise awareness for cancer by attending any cancer-themed events in your area. Now, you can jog for cancer awareness. You can run in a marathon for cancer awareness. You can pay for a ticket and attend a spaghetti dinner for cancer awareness. Heck, you can even host a spaghetti dinner for cancer awareness and donate it to some cancer charity. My, oh, my, that's a great idea, Chef Alex. Might have to host a spaghetti dinner for cancer awareness somehow. Now, you can also purchase a product that supports cancer research, like cereal, some candy, and other products, usually in the month of October. And they'll usually donate some money to cancer resource, research, I mean. So, products like cereal, I know that Cheerios does it during the October month. Some candy, I know Reese's and Hershey's sometimes do it. And other products you can usually buy in October, half of the profits are donated to cancer research. Now, ever since my grandmother's passing from cancer, I always like to participate in the October Cancer Awareness. Every year, for example, I do a Cancer Awareness special episode. I've done one last year, and obviously I'm doing one this year with this show. And sometimes I will uh, do donations. Even though I feel my donations are small, I feel a podcast can reach many people. So, I encourage you to donate as you will feel good and you are helping a good cause. Now, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this show tonight. Your listens are helping fight and helping reach awareness for cancer. Now, I hope tonight's show has educated you a bit more about the impact and effects cancer can cause on people. I hope I've convinced you to join the Cancer Awareness Movement this month, and I hope you will donate to Susan Coleman or any of the local cancer funds in your area. So, with that being said, we've reached the, fin- we've reached the final point of this year's 2015 Cancer Awareness Month Special on the American Variety Network. I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's show, and I'd like to give a moment of silence for everyone who lost their life to cancer before we end today's show. All right, guys, thank you very much for participating in that moment of silence. Now, you know this was a very tough show for me to do. Because I've experienced firsthand the impact and damage of cancer. So I do apologize for some of the errors that I did make on the show. Because like I said, it's a very hard show for me to do. But I think it was a good show. 
and I'm glad that I helped raise awareness for cancer this year, and you, the listeners, did as well for listening to this great show. I can't wait until next year's Cancer Awareness Show, so I'll have the opportunity to do this again. All right, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I hope you guys have a great rest of your October and a great rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in, and I appreciate your listens. For everyone who tuned in to today's show, thank you so much for listening. Your listen, believe it or not, helps raise awareness for cancer. I hope you have found more respect for those suffering with Our thoughts are clear are with those who lost their life with cancer. Make sure to participate in our Global Cancer Awareness Month. Good night, everyone, and thank you so much for being a part of tonight's episode. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.